0: Sometimes, like that video clip there, in our journey through life, we can um, feel like there are big obstacles in our way. It looks like you have a goal, you've got a destination, you have a purpose, you've got a plan, you've thought everything through, you know where you want to be, you're not there yet, and you know how to make progress to get there, but then on the way, there are unexpected uh, obstacles that block your progress in life. It could be in any area of life that you're wanting to make progress and then unexpected things all of a sudden are there that you have to deal with first. Sometimes those things are like insurmountable problems, like giant mountains. And you know, mountains are used a lot in the Bible um, as an image of conquering something, of overcoming something. I mean, I just want to do, we could talk all day just about mountains in the Bible, but just to give you a little snapshot, um, Moses received the Ten Commandments up a mountain. Elijah the prophet received the word from the Lord that was going to change the destiny of his people while up a mountain in a cave praying. Actually, he wasn't even praying, he was complaining and depressed, and God still kind of slapped him about the face and said, pull yourself together, young man, we've got work to do, and spoke to him and motivated him, and he went out and conquered. Jesus was transfigured on a mountaintop. Jesus ascended to heaven after his resurrection from a mountaintop. Jesus gave his biggest prophecy called this, this, the, the Olivet Discourse on the Mount of Olives where he gave a prophecy which is gonna be connected to a scripture we look at today. He predicted that within one generation, the Romans would invade Jerusalem and it would be destroyed. And he gave that prophecy while he was standing on a mountain. Prophecies happened on mountaintops. Prayers were answered on mountaintops. God spoke to people on mountaintops. 10 commandments were given and lots of things were done on mountaintops, you might remember when the people of Israel entered the promised land under the leadership of Joshua, there was a guy called Caleb who was a very, very old man by this time. If I remember right, he was in his 80s. And he had been waiting 40 years to enter the promised land. And his family grouping, the area that they were supposed to live in, had a big mountain in it. And this old guy, who was old in physical years, but still young in faith and in spirit, said, let me go with my family and let me take our mountain. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you've been a believer all your life or you've just come to faith in Christ recently. It doesn't matter whether your problems are... Physical problems or emotional problems or financial problems or career problems or what they are, every single one of us will encounter at every stage of our life and in every phase of our life, we're going to encounter obstacles that stand in our way. Sometimes they're big obstacles, sometimes they're like mountains. And we're going to need to realize that in Scripture, mountains are always used as a symbol of somebody overcoming, somebody taking new territory, somebody breaking through in the relationship with God, in the, the, the uh, place that they're in in life, or in whatever area it is, mountains symbolize that. And that's why Jesus said, faith can move the mountains in your life. Let's say that together. Faith can move the mountains in your life. Now, let's say it again, but this time not as if we're the prophet Elijah depressed and complaining in a cave, but we're actually excited because we have discovered that the power of faith can change your life, for goodness sake. That's what somebody's saying. I won hundred and fifty-five million in the lottery yesterday. <laughs> faith can move the mountains in your life. We're going to say faith can move the mountains in your life, but we're going to say it with the same emotion you would say it with if you won hundred and fifty-five million in the lottery last night. Okay. Are we ready? Let's say it. One, two, three. Faith can move the mountains in your life. This is better than winning the lottery. You've won the eternal jackpot. God is your father. You're his child. He loves you. And he promises that every good and perfect gift will come into your life. And even when things look like they're going bad, he will work all things together for your good. He tells you, fear not. Stop doubting. Just believe. And faith will move the mountains in your life. You know, I heard a story, a true story apparently, about this little church. It was, um, I can't remember what state it was in, but it was wherever the Smoky Mountains are, and um, it was in the States. This little church was in a kind of rural area, and it was right at the foot of a mountain had a big cliff behind them, and um, the, the church was being blessed, and it was growing, and more and more people were coming to faith in Christ and were joining the church, So they needed to build a larger building. So what they did was, where their parking lot had been, they built a building on the parking lot, a larger building to the one they had, and then they pulled down the existing building and they made it a parking lot. And I don't know what had happened. Maybe they hadn't um, gone through all the proper planning permission or something like that. But before their first service, they got contacted by the city authorities to see, they couldn't open the building because the size of the building was larger, the size of the parking lot needed to be larger, and the parking lot wasn't large enough. It wasn't legal for, for the building size and the number of people who were coming. Therefore, they had to extend the parking lot by such and such an area of ground. Well, they couldn't do it because right behind the church... Like they didn't have land behind them. They had the building and then they had the mountain there. And then in front of them is a highway. And there was a farm on either side They didn't want to sell any land. So there was no land that they could, they couldn't do anything. So they didn't know what to do. So one day the pastor read out the passage of Scripture where Jesus promised that faith can move mountains. And he said to the congregation, I want you to all go home and I want you to read that passage over and over and I want you to pray about it and tomorrow afternoon everyone who's got mountain moving faith show up at the church. All you ones that don't have the mountain just stay at home and pray for us but all the people with mountain moving faith show up at the church. Well, not that many people turned up like about 25 or something like that turned up the next day and they didn't know what to do, so they went out behind the building, and they prayed and they spoke to the mountain to be removed. And then they went home. And a few hours later, actually, I'll be, it was the next morning in the story, so I'll tell. I won't exaggerate it. The next morning, the pastor gets a phone call from a construction company, who says, "We are building some new thing, you know, not far away from you." And we need some fill, I don't know what all the technical construction words are, but you know, like, just looks like crushed up stones, you know, the kind of thing. We need some fill, and we've ran out of it, and our suppliers don't have enough, but the type of stone that that cliff face is behind your building, we've looked at the plans, and you actually own such and such a, an amount of feet of that cliff, could we come with our diggers and pull it down? And we'll pay you whatever we pay you. And the pastor says, Don't pay me anything, just pave a parking lot there where you pull it down. And the construction company came and removed part of the mountain, turned it into a parking lot, and the church had its first service on time. Faith moves mountains, people. I mean, that, that's literally, but in every area of our life, faith moves mountains. Here's the passage. The passage that they read, the passage that I'm sure you know, it's Mark chapter 11, and it says this, and just to give you in its context, the paragraph before this, Jesus had just visited the temple in Jerusalem, okay? And all, all he did was he went to the temple. Let's Let's make this drum box since it's empty this morning. Let's make this the temple. It said he, Jesus and, and his disciples were staying at Bethany and they went down to Jerusalem and they went into the temple. It's a kind of important part of the story, this. And it says that Jesus went into the temple and just looked around, just observed, left, and came back. And he went back, okay? So they had been. The temple and looked around. Now, the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he, that is Jesus, was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, not having figs, but having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not yet the season for figs. Now, Jesus wasn't a dummy. He lived there. He knew the seasons. He knew when the time for figs were. He knew there weren't going to be any figs when he got there. He is teaching his disciples a lesson. He knew it was not yet the season for figs. And in response, let's make this microphone the the tree. Okay, so there's the temple. And we'll make this over here, the village of Bethany, where they're staying. They've come down, he comes to the tree, it's got leaves on it, he gets up, It's has got no, no figs, and Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Okay? So he didn't just mumble it, he didn't whisper it, he didn't say it just in his mind, he spoke these words out. Let's read on. And I'm going to jump a whole paragraph where he then goes back to the temple and it's a famous story, you know it, the cleansing of the temple and he goes there and he sees all the money changers um, who are changing currency and they're cheating people financially and they're using religion as a way to just further their business and Jesus turns over their tables and sets the animals free, cleanses the temple and so on and comes back again. Now in the morning... As they passed, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. It must have looked deader down there, and gradually the death was spreading. And Peter, remembering, said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now, before we go on to the next slide, I want to just tell you what the context of all this story is. The context for this story is this. Very often in the Bible, a fig tree is used as a symbol for the nation of Israel. The prophets in the Old Testament did that, sometimes particularly for the city of Jerusalem. And so Jesus went to the temple and looked around. It was very leafy, but didn't have much fruit. In other words, there was a lot of religious activity going on in the temple, but there was not very much true spiritual fruit happening there. And so, (coughs) just like a few chapters later, when he's on the Mount of Olives, Jesus is going to tell his disciples... Jerusalem is going to be destroyed, the temple is going to be destroyed, the Romans' armies are going to invade, it's going to happen within one generation, the whole thing is going to be obliterated. And he symbolizes this by the fig tree. I came to the fig tree. I saw lots of leaves but no fruit. I spoke a word of pronouncement and now the fig tree is no more. I go to the temple. It's a hustle and bustle of activity but there are there's no spiritual fruit. There's no people having their lives and hearts changed by God. There's The priests are not interested in leading people into a transformative relationship with God. They're only interested in their own business of religion. It's leafy but not fruity and he turns over the table showing that God's going to turn over the whole, whole temple because God is no longer interested in buildings made of stone. The Bible says you are the temple. Your body is the temple. God dwells in you. You're a portable temple. Everywhere you go, God goes because God dwells within each one of us. And so Jesus turns all that over. And that was what this is symbolizing. In many ways, it is like a pro- prophecy that Jesus is giving. It is a prophetic pronouncement that the temple in Jerusalem and the city itself is going to be wiped out because although there's a lot of activity, there's not a lot of fruit. But although all of that is true, and that is the historical context of what Jesus is doing, that is not the lesson that Jesus wants to leave us with. The lesson Jesus wants to leave us with is this. Faith can make impossible things become possible. Let's read on. In fact, can you jump to the next slide for the next scripture verse first? This is a, here's another two occasions where Jesus was talking about subjects. And on one occasion, he was talking about deliverance from evil spirits. In another case, he was talking about being able to forgive people who have wronged you. And he talks about those subjects, but then that's not the lasting lesson. The lasting lesson he wants to leave us with is that faith can make the impossible become possible. Look, Matthew 17. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast the spirit out of the boy? And so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. How come we were involved in this prayer for healing and deliverance and it never worked out? The same reason that everything doesn't work out or does work out involving a relationship with God? Do we doubt or do we believe? Because faith can make the impossible become possible. Faith can move mountains. Even faith like a mustard seed, even a tiny bit of faith like a mustard seed. But faith like a seed grows, and it it produces more. Luke 17 If a person wrongs you even seven times a day, each day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. You see, Jesus is actually talking about forgiveness. If someone continually wrongs you, continually forgive them. And it's like, I can't do it. The lesson is about forgiveness. But the need is faith. Faith increase our faith. And the Lord answered, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. So whether Jesus is talking about healing and deliverance, whether he's talking about living a life of forgiveness, whether he's talking about a big prophecy, about something major in world history that's about to happen to the city of Jerusalem, he always brings it back to the same thing. There is a lesson to be learned in all of these things, a lesson that you can apply in your life and that you can apply in every area of your life. And it's this faith has the power to move obstacles out of your way and make impossible things become possible again. So let's get back to our story. Can we go back to that story? So Jesus has done all this stuff. Peter says, oh wow, look, the tree that's withered and died, the one you spoke to its just stopped living. And Jesus said this, he, he didn't say, Now, the lasting lesson that I want to leave with you is the symbolic meaning of my prophecy about Jerusalem. That's going to come to pass anyway. The lasting lesson I want to leave with you is how you can take this principle and put it to work in your own life to see your own life begin to improve and become everything that God intended it to become. Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain. Everybody shout out whoever. Whoever. That includes every one of us. Do you notice he didn't say when famous evangelists do it? Or when nuns do it? Or when somebody more holy than you? Do you notice he doesn't even say when a Christian does it? Do you notice that? Who does it? What's the word? Whoever. Whoever, this is a principle that, this is not a Christian principle, this is a human principle. This is the way God has created us. Whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, doesn't doubt where? You know, sometimes doubts come to your head, but don't let them take root and get down into your heart. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Believes what? Believes that God exists. The Bible says even the devil believes that. Believe that the Bible's true. Lots of people believe the Bible's true. They never pick it up off their shelf and even read it. Believes what? Believes... I need to turn because I've lost my place. <laughs> but believes that those things he says shall, will come, will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever what? It doesn't say we will have whatever we pray. It says we will have whatever we say. Faith is not something that is separate. This is a, that's religion. People will go to a church or a temple or a synagogue or someplace and they will do their religious duty and then they will leave it and walk away from it and live their life as if that doesn't exist. It's not real. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's saying faith is an integral part of every part of your life. And it works whether you know it's working or not, we get whatever we say all the time. People that are constantly saying negative things begin to experience negative results. People that are constantly saying, nobody likes me, and I, I blah, blah, blah. Don't have any friends because nobody likes hanging about with grumblers, you know. It's like we create the very thing we do it all the time. Whether we're believers or unbelievers, whether it's good things or bad things, whether we're conscious that we're creating our life or we're unconscious of it, we're doing it. Whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and will not doubt in their heart, but will believe, believe that the things that they say will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. I wonder if you believe that. Do you believe believe Jesus? Oh, I need to soak my feet because they're killing me. My feet are killing me. Oh, my goodness. If I don't get a seat and put my feet in warm, salty water, I'm just going to die. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, really. Think of the amount of... If you really believe that, and thank God it doesn't happen instantly, because if it did, none of us would be here. I mean, people even say, you know, I've not heard this saying for years, but people say things all the time that are just, I'll see you later, you know, if a card doesn't hit me. I've heard people say things like that. Well, it doesn't really mean anything. But do you know your subconscious mind doesn't know that it doesn't mean anything? Every word you say and every thought that you ponder upon eventually takes root like a seed. Jesus said it's like a a mustard seed. It's a seed. Our words are seeds. And the way that we sow them is we say them. When we say words, we are planting seeds deep down in our heart, and it eventually changes our emotional state, the thoughts that we think, the words that we speak, and the actions that we take. It all starts off inside. It's not about, that's why Jesus constantly drew people's attention away from the outer things to the inner things. Because where the mind goes, the man follows. And if you can change your inner state from one of fear and nervousness and doubt and anger and unforgiveness or whatever it may be, to one of faith, of absolute belief, of perfect trust in God, that all the songs that we sang today, that you believe the words, that you're safe in the hands of God, that His love is always coming after you, that every mountain will be moved, before you. If you can really believe that and get into a state of absolute certainty and belief and connection with God, then all of the obstacles that come in your life will be moved out of the way and your life will go down the right path, the path that God intended for it. He says, he says, you will have whatever you say. Therefore, because this works, Because the words that we speak, when they are charged with emotional power, when they are charged with fear or faith, when they're charged with love or hate, whatever it is, words can affect people and they can affect circumstances. Therefore, because words of faith can move mountains, when you pray, make sure you are using words of faith. Therefore, when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them. Believe that you receive it and you will have it. Yeah, but I've not got it yet. So how can I believe? It's like a thermostat. You know, you turn your, or we're getting close, hopefully, please, Lord, to AC weather. So you, uh, you turn your thermostat, let's say the house is too cold or it's too hot, you turn the thermostat to the temperature you want. Let's say the temperature you want is 22. You turn it to 22. Does the air instantly in a split second change to 22? But you know that eventually it will get there. You have set the goal And now it's just a matter of time before the circumstances in your home match the goal that you've set. Faith, when we speak words of faith and when we pray prayers of faith, you have to believe that it's done. You've set it and it's done. Believe that you have received it. Believe that you've already received it. Believe that it's a done deal and it will be a done deal. You've set it there. I don't need to think about it. I'm not going to walk about the house going, Oh my goodness, it doesn't feel 22 yet. Oh my goodness. I know from experience it will get to 22 eventually. As long as I walk around the house and close all the windows that the kids have left open, it will eventually get there. You believe that it's done and then you just watch it ticking over. Or it's like a seed. You plant a seed... If you were to take a mustard seed and plant it, and Jesus said it was like a mustard seed, did any of you, when you were kids at school, grow mustard on a little bit of cotton or something like that? Was that back in the 1840s that I did that? Okay, right. I remember at school we grew mustard and cress, we had mustard and cress seeds. And then once we had grown it, we ate it. I can remember doing that. And it was little seeds and we put them there. And we wanted to mess around with them all the time. And the teacher kept saying, just leave them alone. They're growing. Stop messing around with them. And it looked like nothing was happening. But then one day a little stalk begins to grow. And you know that plants, even a piece of grass, can grow through anything. It can grow through the middle of a road. It can find a tiny crack in a rock and grow through it and split the rock in half. I mean, you could plant a little mustard seed-sized piece of faith at the foot of that mountainous obstacle that is standing in the way of your life, and it will grow and split the thing wide open. Faith will eventually move the immovable. So when you pray and when you talk, you see, one of the things that we do is sometimes we pray. We pray. Lord, I'm praying, and I'm praying in faith, and I'm believing. Oh, you know, it's like sometimes we think if we can put more into it. I'm really believing. And, um, and I see it. I see it. It's done. It's done, Lord. Thank you. I believe it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, I really prayed in faith then. Oh, hello there, Joe. How are you doing? I just don't know what I'm going to do. Things are just going terrible in my life. You prayed one thing and said another. And Jesus didn't say you'll have what you pray. He said you'll have what you say. So make sure that after you have prayed and believed that the words you speak are in line with that, that you have set the thermostat and the temperature will change and nothing shall stop it because I have set the goal in place by faith. And the only thing that could stop it is this. If I, let's say I wanted to carry this. I mean, I suppose I could do both. Let's, imagine I've got one arm. Okay, let's do it this way. And I want to carry, I can either carry this or I can carry this. But I can't carry them both at the same time. Sometimes we are holding on to so much emotional junk that we can't carry the faith in God that we want to carry because we're too busy carrying unforgiveness or bitterness or something. And he says, so when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your, your trespasses. But if you don't forgive neither, will your Father in heaven forgive yours. If you're holding on to any negative emotional garbage in your life, drop that first so that you can embrace The power of faith. And then put that faith into action. The way when you pray, pray in faith. When you speak about your life, speak about it good. Use your words like a paintbrush and paint your life as a beautiful picture. Not some silly Picasso thing with a face half this way and half that way. Make your life a masterpiece and use your words to paint a beautiful, balanced life. And then you will begin to step into it and enter into it. And it won't happen overnight. Just like the temperature won't change the second you turn the thermostat. But it will begin to happen and the more you believe and the more you speak words of faith and life and blessing, the more you will increase that. The momentum will, be, will build. And once the momentum builds, sometimes you get to a stage where you just, you just pray a prayer and, and, and it happens. And somebody says, How can that happen? You just prayed for that sick person and they were just healed. Well, I've done it so many times, it's just kind of like normal. It's like I turn the key in my car and the engine starts up. I don't sit there first thing, I wonder if it'll start this time. I used to have a car like that, but I don't now. I <laughs> wonder if it'll start. I wonder if it'll start. If everything's good, if the engine's good, if there's oil in the engine, if there's fuel in the tank, the thing's going to start. There's electricity in the battery. And you know, the power of God is within us. The engine is good. The anointing oils of the Holy Spirit dwell in your life. All you have to do is turn the ignition key of faith and believe, and your life will begin to start, and it will begin to go faster and better than you've ever imagined it before. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Let's stand. Come on, let's stand together. <laughs> I want us to say this. We're going to, we're going to start this week the, the way we mean to continue it, We're going to start by speaking faith-filled words of blessing over your own life and over everybody else's. So everybody, let's say this together. In the name of Jesus, I declare in faith that I will fear no evil for the Lord is with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But everything I do shall prosper and bear fruit. For God's blessing is all over my life. I am born of God. And I have world overcoming faith dwelling inside me for greater is he who is in me than anything in the world from today I let faith and hope and love and joy and peace rule in my life I refuse to worry about anything Because my God is making all things work together for my good. I believe it and I receive it right here and right now in Jesus' name. Amen.